This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Rant. The following podcast may contain language not suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. So we're here with a New York Red Bull fan. What are you doing here? Trying to get drunk and have a good time. And where are you going to watch the game? I'll talk about that right now. And what do you got to say to NYCFC fans? Fuck you. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Ramp Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of SB Nation and Once a Metro. I'm your host, Jason Iapico. I'm Pat McDonald. And I'm the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. And this is episode 146, Hot Times, Daddy. So dusty. Listen, baby, the Red Bulls are struggling. Let me tell you, Daddy, it's hard times on this team. Don't feel bad for Dusty. He lasted to 69. That's like 100 in wrestler years. It is. We were discussing that earlier, my brother and I. It's a long time. But Dusty Rhodes' promo for the show would have been great, but <laughs> that will never happen now. All I know about <sighs> Dusty Rhodes is he wore polka dots. He was the American dream. He was. He, he beat the four horsemen. He was just a normal man. Mm. Uh, Wrestling. He, he was He was the common man. He was a working man. And, and, and he gave us gold dust. I mean, like, his, how his do you go from the American dream to gold dust? <laughs> His seed spawned gold dust. And Cody Rhodes, a.k.a. Stardust, because he couldn't come up with the more original name. <laughs> All right, but uh, back to soccer. Uh, it's hard times and games for the Red Bulls, who are now on their first three-game losing streak of the year after losing 4-2 to two in Houston. Uh, second straight week, we're up one nothing at halftime. Uh, second straight week, they gave up the lead, and first time ever they gave up four goals in a game, let alone four and a half. So, yeah, there's all that. Let's get into our dislikes. We can get away from this game as quick as possible. Pat, you can go first. What did you dislike about this one? Uh, I mean, where do you start? Uh, I mean, I guess I just have to go with the defense. I mean, you can't give up four goals. Simple as that. And, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, you might want to try and find some other area because, you know, these are two starting center backs who are by no means starting center backs. And, uh, you know, but it, it's just, it's, it's depressing. I mean, it's pretty much a, you know, indictment of depth in MLS. It's just that, you know, when you're on your fourth and fifth center back, uh, one not even being an actual center back, it's going to be produce disastrous results. And, um, you know, uh, that that's the big dislike. Um, yeah, I, I really can't say anything else. Yeah. How about the entire second half as a whole? That is my dislike. And the, I mean, four fluky, terrible goals given up. Weird, weirdo deflections. Uh, defense completely just staring at guys that are going to put the ball in the net. It was an, it was so so bad. 
yes, this team uh, had his injuries and suspensions, and it's not your regular defense, but that was a complete travesty of uh, soccer. That's the only way you can describe it. It was an it was an absolute travesty. You know, it's kind of amazing that the Red Bulls have gotten. Let's see how many games they played. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen games this year, and have never scored more than two goals in the game. Wow. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't do it against. They couldn't score any against Philadelphia, who's one of the worst teams in the league. They couldn't do it against Houston, who, granted, was leveled them on points, but was had been beaten up on uh, lower Eastern teams. I mean, it's just like, uh, and this goes back to, I guess, a little bit of tactics. Like, right, Phillips is a goal scorer. Why isn't he in front of goal waiting for a ball? Why, like, why is Mike Grello the one putting the the shots from, the, like, the side of the net? Why is he? Why is he up there in terms of? And no offense to Grello, I mean, he he's been had some great goals, but when he is two goals away from Bradley Ray Phillips at this point in the season, something's wrong. Oh yeah. And I, I agree with that last point for sure about uh, Bradley Rice Phillips' struggles, but at the same time, in soccer, two goals should be enough to get you a point. Well, that's uh, that's a, that's a separate issue, yes. But I'm, I'm yeah. just saying, like in general. So, yeah, but I, I mean, I think your point being like you know, there's something wrong tactically. Uh, again, I and, and I know we talk a bit about this with our guest uh, um, Austin Fido, but it, it's just I'm not down on the tactics. Uh, I think my like will kind of spin off what I'm going to talk about eventually, but it's it's really two goals should be enough, and uh, they probably should add a third. But you know, well, I'm guessing I don't know if Jay that was your dislike or if you're going to get into that. But uh, that was my dislike. But um, actually, they sh- well they should have had a, they should have had a third because of uh, the I, I was going to mention this, but not in terms of referee because Pro actually came out and kind of addressed it. Um, the the Grella penalty kick that wasn't. Called as a dive. Um, one obviously was the incorrect call. Uh, the professional referee organization came out later and said that it was the incorrect call. Um, but I'm more pissed off at the Univision, the Portes English SAP team, uh, at least the play by play guy who, as the replay was clearly showing the Houston goalkeeper running into Mike Grella's ankle, said that Grella got a yellow card for bad acting. Like you're watching. The clip of Grella getting hit in the ankle, and you're going to claim that he dove. Your partner had to say, "Oh, yeah, there's some contact there," but no, you're fucking watching the clip. Come on, I know you have a hard enough time commentating on the game as it is, but when it's right in front of your fucking face, just God. Ugh. Now, now I, 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 I'm really starting to hate this fucking Univision English team. Now, I will say this much: it was absolutely, a, a, it was absolutely a penalty kick. I'm not discrediting that at all. But uh, don't do the Euro flail. When you do the Euro flail, you're not going to convince anybody, even if you're in the right. Uh, so I'm kind of like, I'm even, I would have been fine if the ref was like, PK Red Bulls. Oh, by the way, Mike Grella, yellow card for that bullshit. I mean, come on, man. This is America. We don't do that. You know, you know? What? No, what? No, no, no. I'm sorry. The Red Bulls had that fucking shit done to them way too many times over the last few years. Why the fuck can't we get that even once? Because! It's just it's not a, no. It's it a shouldn't happen, but it's you not fucking right. Euro flail. It's karma. It's what those Euro guys do. It's not what we do. We, there's no place for the Euro flail in uh, MLS. Bull I mean, fucking shit. There's not. How many times have we been called for that shit? Right. Last year, the, like the very first home game was uh, it was last year before the very first home game. A lot of they got called for standing still. 
And the, the guy goes to you over we're back to that again. <laughs> oh, come on, we're back to that one again? <laughs> and once again, there's a difference between falling down and the Euro flail. I mean, Mike Well didn't fall down. He, he threw his arms up like he was shot. I mean, it's like, there's just, that's what America, I mean, that's what we Americans hate about soccer. And, and, you know, just don't do it. Don't do the Euro flail. If he didn't do the Euro flail, that would have been a PK. I'm just saying, if it's, this shit's going to happen to us and get called, then we fucking deserve it to happen. The other uh, it's, again, there's a difference between falling down and the Euro flail. Do you want to fall down? Eh, oh, there you All right. But the Euro flail, the, ah, that's just, no. Nah. All right, let's get at it. Let's let's get at this. Like I'm I'm pissed off enough as it is. <laughs> All right, uh, Truman, <laughs> what did you like if anything about this one? Uh, well, since of course I was at work and that channel doesn't exist uh, anywhere, um, I actually listened to it on the Red Bulls radio, uh, which that's what I will give my props to. Very good broadcast. Really, really good. Very descriptive. Uh, it's a nice listen. My only issue was it's. I don't know what the what was going on, but I feel like they mic'd Houston's drums because I heard the same beat for ninety minutes. Dude, dude, I thought it was like a Tejano concert, it was like bum 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 bum. So I don't know if they were like listening to some cool music in the background or if they just had it right next to the drums. But that drove me crazy. But aside from that, it's a really nice broadcast, and it's nice to actually be able to listen to a game on the quote unquote radio. Even though it's internet, I'll still take it. Judging by that beat, it sounds like it was Prince Ali Al Amirsi Ali Ababa. Was it Disney night? I don't know. What was going on there? Yeah. All right, Pat, you're up. What did you like about this one? Uh, and I said I was going to kind of spin into it for my dislike. It's the fact that uh, Damian Paranel will probably be back for the game on the 20th. Or actually, he will be back for the game on the 20th. And Matt Miazga will probably also be back for the game on the 20th. Uh, that, that's my like. Because <laughs> it's, you know, that I believe is what this swoon is really to more than anything else is the fact that we just don't have two starting caliber center backs in there. And uh, once we get that back, I think we'll, everything will kind of, the ship will right itself. We just won't have a, a left wing on defense. That's all. So we'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. I don't know when you say the U twenty World Cup ends on the twentieth, and the U.S. actually has a game on the fourteenth against Serbia. If they win two games, or if they win that, he's probably not coming back. Let's say that because if if the U.S. wins on Sunday, then they play on Wednesday. So he could. I I mean, I I I mean, it'd be nice. He's not going to come back from New Zealand after a Wednesday match and play on Saturday. He'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. I'm, not, I'm just saying he won't play. Eh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how desperate they are to get a, a win. I, I tell you, pretty, pretty fucking desperate right now. Um, my like, uh, Aban scores his first goal. Just that it was too little, too late, unfortunately. Well, not when he scored. Well, I mean, kind of when he scored it. It was. It was. It was three two, but it was like right before stoppage time. So right, and then they said, "Ah, fuck it," you know. Yeah, we'll let's, let's, like, yeah, we really don't want to win. Uh, the Ibon goal was just like to make our fans happy for a second. So the here, we'll just go ahead, take it. We're sorry for scoring on you. We'll, we'll make it two goals. Lead yeah. again. You're, we're all good. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> <sighs> but I now can we all agree though? Uh, this one has been shitty, but let's 
let's not jump off the boat yet. Yeah. There's a time we've talked about it many times. There's a lot of injuries. Guys are going to come back at some point. Plenty of season. Again, Pat, how many times have you said it? It's it's still a playoff team because you know, 52 teams get into the playoffs. So exactly. Yeah. Let's let's not fire everybody right now. All right. Can we just calm down? I feel like when you simmer down. Ali, Ali Curtis should have a basic decency and just resign. <laughs> resign right now. And and really, they are really kind of finishing up with uh, a lot of the difficult West Coast games. Yeah. You know, Houston counts now as a West Coast game. So, you know, they already did that. They did Dallas. Uh, they did Seattle. Uh, I think – I'm not going to look at the schedule, so don't correct me if I'm wrong. But, I mean, they will play at Portland. Maybe. So that's – They have uh, Vancouver at home and RSL at home come up at the end of the month. Right, but those are home games. I'm talking about trips. Oh, the actual trips. Okay, yes. sorry. Yeah. I, you know. I mean- Quakes, I mean, look, maybe I, I don't know, yeah. but no, we played the Quakes already. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, we played, we played them at home. Goodness. We won that game. We actually won. Oh, that yeah. game. Look what happens when you don't win in a while. You kind of forget what <laughs> last time you won. I was there for that one, so I I kind of remember it. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like not only is this team going to get healthier and get back to full strength, but like they have many games in hand uh, in terms of teams in front of them. They have two games in hand in New England, and they're only four points back back. They have three games in hand in D.C. And if, let's just say in that process they caught up and they, they would be then two points you know, behind D.C. if they win their next three matches. Uh, you know, it, it's... It, there's no reason to panic yet. Uh, people need to simmer down. Uh, like I said, that's how Metro died when we won the Supporter Shield and I'm sticking to it because that's the bottom line because Pat... Said so. The Rebels have one away game left to the West Coast or West Conference, by the way. That's uh, at Portland in September. See, I was right. There you go. Boom, schlocklocker. So I think it's I think it's actually only three games left here against the East and against the West, and two of those are coming up at the end of the month. And you know, again, they they're still playing blue team two more times. All right, they're still playing Philly uh, two more times. Yes, they beat them, but. I mean, they had every chance to to beat Philly. You, you still get to play TFC, who are who are playing well now, but they will completely disintegrate because that's what they do. <laughs> I have my faith in Toronto collapsing. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm Chicago. Sorry. Even you after Chicago yet? Even Proof? after what we just oh. saw out of Michael Bradley. Prove me wrong, TFC. Yeah, what was Michael Bradley wearing in the in the game yesterday? He's wearing the clothes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, not TFC colors, was he? So I don't care. I don't care what he did in their last game. I, I mean, oh yeah, they did beat DC, which was fun. Still, prove me wrong, Toronto. Get into the playoffs, and then I'll talk differently about you. <laughs> so there are games coming up where they can get back on the right track. For the record, the Red Bulls have apparently the third best points per game in the Eastern Conference. No oh, bully for them. Yeah, it could be. But burn it down. Them. It's over. <laughs> Season's over. Of course it is. Fire everybody. Every player has got to go. All right. Let's move on to predictions. Um, so we had a few absences this week, but let's see. Um, Austin Fido called the loss. So did Jason RBNY, Lester Townsend. Uh, our guest last week, Dave Martinez, called the loss, actually. So prediction standings. Uh, Truman, let's play FIFA, still tied for first with 11 Apparently. points. Um, myself and uh, Bobby Solentano in third. Aaron Bauer in fifth. Austin Fido uh, moves up to sixth. Pat McDonald and the Red Bull Ring of Guests are tied for seventh. Yeah, uh, guests. Lester, <laughs> yeah, the guests, the collective guests. 
who have not predicted every match, by the way. <laughs> Come on, guess. Uh, they, they missed four games, and they still are in seventh place. It's kind of sad, actually. Jay, don't, um, forget, uh, don't forget Texas ladies are uh, – Texas lady is one and one. She has she has one correct guess and and uh, she was wrong. Well, it counted for you because she she gifted those to you. All right. Well, I just want to give her props. I just want you know I don't want to leave her out of here. You know. Yeah. Uh, Lesser Towns in the ninth. Steve Toto's in tenth. Jason RBY is eleventh. Frank Maduri's in twelfth. Anthony Ali is in thirteenth. And Shadow Grayson's in fourteenth. So there you go. And for the record, we're not adding any more of the new author. <laughs> it's a metro than this. <laughs> no, my God. In fact, next year we're, we're, we're bringing this back down to the three of us because this is getting crazy. I, I yes. let it get out of hand. Yes. Jason at Pico's adding writers like WWE's adding wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> we need to build develop, a uh, developmental territory. That's what we got to do. I, I think, I think the, you know, the new once metro writers all need to be like ethnic stereotypes that, you know, just like WWE. <laughs> that's all. Like, they, that's all we know. Yeah, the stereotypes. Yeah, like it's Italian guy, and he's like, ah, "What's the matter, my bull?" Hey. <laughs> if I had my own NXT, that'd be kind of awesome. I mean, seriously. All right. Um, that's all we have uh, for this segment. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have uh, on with us from what's well, a Metro, <laughs> uh, Austin Fido. We'll be back with more Red Bull rant right after this. That was magnificent. Yes, that was that was rather special. Wonderful. It was really it was really wonderful. Yes, let's talk about about teams that win. <laughs> oh, we got to talk about another team that hasn't won in um, I don't know over a month. Uh, God. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about the Red Bulls because uh, that was a travesty. Uh, are you taking this more of a wait till the full lineup comes back or a almost time to panic? Uh, I think I think I'm on the edge, uh, not because the results aren't quite happening, but because my my fear is that Jesse and Ali are, are committed to to this system for the long term, which means that if these results persist, I don't think they're actually going to change anything of substance because I don't. I don't necessarily know that it's about this season. Uh, everything they've said has been about the long term, and I, I think we've heard five to ten year plan thrown out there. Um, and I'm not really in the mood for a five to ten year plan. Uh, we, we've had a couple of good years, and we still have the core of that squad. So I think we should be pushing on and trying to do a little bit more with this season. So that's that's my my unease about the current situation. Can they turn it around? Of course they can. Will they? If it means jacking in what they've been, uh, what they've started with, I'm, I'm not so sure. I want to talk about Mike Grella because I think I, I think he has to be addressed because uh, we've addressed him a few times here and there. 
he goes and scores a goal. Everyone's hooting and hollering and having a good old time. And then he, uh, well, he just pretty much vanishes for the rest of the game. I, what, I think Grant is No, I was going to say, what do you do to change it up with him? Um, I, th- I think you have to just keep getting on his back. I think he is the team. He's representative of the whole team. You know, they, they came out at the beginning of the season and they were a little bit hot and they were getting results. And there was this, this constant, every press conference, uh, Marsh seemed to talk about this chip on the team's shoulder and how they felt they'd been slighted and they were playing angry or whatever. Um, and everything was fine. And then we, we came around to the idea that they were good and they stopped being good. Um, and I think Grell is much the same. It feels like every time we're ready to, to see him kicked off the off the squad, he does something amazing. Well, he's got three goals on the season, uh, which is, I think, more than anyone could have asked for at this point because I don't think anyone thought he was going to be starting every game. And that's just due to injury. Yeah, no, I think we've we've he's he's doing he's doing as 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 much as you can ask of a backup, and and uh, I don't know that he's done enough to convince anyone that that he's the long term solution. But you know, we've we've done okay with stop gaps in the past. I don't think anyone, if you if I told you in 2013 that we were going to kick off with Johnny Steele and Eric Alexander on the wings, I don't think you'd have been too thrilled with that. Um, it's about the results, really. I mean, he's not. He's he's not a player who's who's going to get an all star call, um, but he can he can do things. We've seen that. Um, and if the other ten guys on the field can pick it up when he's not doing things, then then they should be okay. So speaking of guys who uh, didn't do things, um, I you know Truman has kind of a I guess controversial look at the def- the defense for what it's worth. Um, I, I know that. It hasn't been a lot of starters the last few games. It's been, you know, Damian Parnell was out with the L-card accumulation. Uh, Kamar Lawrence was there, but then uh, Carl Met was in at center back with Roy Miller, and Chris Duvall has kind of been up and down all year. And then, of course, with the international break coming up, or not international break, um, the international call-ups, we're going to be losing Kamar Lawrence, Roy Miller. Um, we already lost Matt Miazga for the U-20s, and he'll, he won't be back for probably another week or two. Um, is there anything the defense can do in the meantime to uh, shore it up, shore itself up? Pray, pie, <laughs> build, build some sort of obstacle on the YouTube of the yard box. Um, I actually the, the one thing I, I I'm inclined to give Marsh a lot of credit for is the defense because it's been a mess personnel wise pretty much from the first game, and it's only recently that things seem to have caught up with them. And I'm not entirely convinced that it's just Dan. To the defense, I think the whole system is the reason why they've been uh, struggling recently. Um, I think the back line has been pretty well drilled, and, and no one has been terrible, in, in my opinion. Do you think there's any chance that they would change the way this uh, the lineup comes out? I mean, they're so committed to this one guy up top. And honestly, we all know that it's it's so thin up there, but is there anything you can do to kind of give Bradley Ray Phillips a little bit more room um, as a forward, putting someone with them, like anything, anything to kind of just give him space. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'd like to see them focus on. I'd, I'd like to see them either, well, for me personally, I'd like to see them get Bradley Wright Phillips back to playing the way he was last season. Um, stay up front, lead the line, run the channels, and let's get the ball to you. Um, using him as the first line of defense, using him as a sort of, uh, makeshift piggy. Um, he can be effective in that role. He has been. We've seen him, you know, running with the ball at his feet and, and two or three runners ahead of him, and he spreads it nicely. And Lloyd Sam scores a goal. 
Um, but I, I think at this point in time when we're really struggling, um, you want to be able to turn back to what should be our plan A, which is, you know, let's, let's get the leading goal, single season goal scorer in our history, the ball more often. And I think we saw against Houston, that he's kind of gone a little bit cold. Um, you know, he missed a couple of chances at, against Houston that uh, you'd expect anyone on the team pretty much to get. Um, and I, I don't think he's become a bad player overnight. I just think, you know, he's, he's a little bit out of form. He's a little bit out of sync. So I'd work on bringing him back. I think what Jesse is thinking about doing, unfortunately, is doubling down on the BWP as, as playmaker idea. And maybe he'll push. He's talked about pushing a bang up top. Uh, sorry, a bong. Um, and, uh, and dropping, dropping BWP into the, the sort of central attacking midfield position. Um, maybe, maybe that'll work. I think they're very committed to the formation. I think they're very committed to the high press. So I think it's just going to be tinkering around the edges that we'll see. And like I said, I'd, I'd like to see them push BWP up further and, and give them a, a more purely attacking role. Uh, and I think they're not going to do that at all. I think, in fact, they'll do quite the opposite and pull him a little bit further back and put someone in front of him. Uh, arg. That's all I can say about that idea. Is arg. <laughs> I don't know how else to comment about that that plan. I mean, they, lesser experienced guy up top by himself. Yeah, it doesn't make a huge amount of sense to me. I mean, we're we're not in training. We're not seeing what's going on. And maybe I don't know. Maybe Bradley is coming into training every day, going, "I I can be the next Maradona. Just put me in the right position." Um, but yeah, it doesn't make a huge amount of sense to me. But maybe if we were in training, it would. And I get, I have a horrible feeling we're going to get a chance to to really see whether it works. Ugh. So sp- speaking of um, seeing if it gets to work, I, I have to bring this up because it's the next game for Red Bulls. Uh, the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, the Red Bulls will be hosting the Atlanta Silverbacks of the NASL. This game is going to take place. Uh, was it like four days before the next MLS match? Um, now, traditionally it's been like three weeks off in June, but this for some week it's only two this year. Um, do you see a pure reserve side in the Open Cup? Um, maybe like a mix of reserves and starters, or, or could Marsh possibly use this game as a uh, jumping-off point for this year and possibly see a, a mostly starter squad in the Open Cup? I think it's it's going to be very interesting. I think any of those things could happen, and it really, it it it's really going to come down to what Jesse and Jesse thinks is is the best way forward. It it would be hard to fault him for putting the reserves out, and they kept the reserves out of the the uh, the, the the reserve teams U.S. Open Cup match against Jersey Express. I think deliberately to give themselves maximum flexibility. They can play anyone in the MLS squad in, in, against Atlanta. Um, and just from a personnel standpoint, with the team kind of plummeting in the league, um, you could you could certainly see the logic in saying, okay, we're going to put the reserves out against Atlanta and, and let the first team have 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 a crack against Vancouver because we need the points and we need to be fresh and also. There's another game four days after that, I think, against uh, Salt Lake. So the, the games are kind of piling up once they get back. Um, so you couldn't fault them for treating it as a, as, as a reserve team game, except for the fact that they said they were prioritizing the Open Cup. There is, <laughs> there is that little wrinkle. <laughs> um, I would guess, if I'm the front office, I'm going to try to play as many reserves as I can get away with and hope that we get the result. We're at home. It's not like we're going to Hofstra this time. Um, so... Maybe 
maybe we get away with it. Um, but I'd be surprised if we see what we regard as a really strong team. Um, I think they'll pay lip service to that. We might see a couple of first-teamers there and a few on the bench in case they get into trouble. But I think they're going to try to ride it out with the reserves and, and then just move on. Uh, yes, I, I am. I am. Are you in Tron? <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to get Wi-Fi here, so I basically just have to step by the side of a road. Uh, you know, with the performance of RBNY2 and some players stepping out uh, and showing how they can do, uh, do you think, considering the woes of the first team and with the Open Cup coming up, is there any player currently with RBNY2 that the team could potentially call up for uh, some help? I think there's a lot of them. I, I'm interested to see uh, McClaws at, at right back. I think he's great. Yeah, he's my boy. Well. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's. I think he's kind of the the sleeper candidate. I mean, I know. Uh, I think Abang is is ready to to get a few more minutes off the bench. Um, we saw that he and Obercop can can connect nicely. I think Obercop is is showing signs that he's maybe developing. Um, Stoltz, his last game was probably his best for the USL team. Um, so there's a bunch of guys, but personally, um, I think the development of McClaws over the last few games has been rather interesting, and, and I'm wondering whether he's almost at a point where he can start to challenge Deval, which is only going to be good for the squad depth, because at the moment, if Deval goes down, we don't seem to have very much going on at the, at the right-back position. I, d- I don't know if I've heaped praise on him on this show. I think I have. I know I've talked about it on Twitter, but uh, just from watching McClaws at the couple games I went to, I, I am totally 100% with you. He He's quick. Uh, the man, he works his ass off. Uh, he certainly challenges. He's He's got a great uh, speed and, like, actually continuing attack, which if he's right behind Lloyd Sam, holy moly, I mean, that could be one fast side. Yeah, I mean, especially if they if they carry on basically telling Sam to, to run into the middle every chance he gets, um, I think we do get a little bit more pace and a little bit more crossing ability out of McClaws than we get out of Deval. But, you know, obviously the Deval is, is developing that side of his game. There's no, there's no saying that he's – I don't know if he'll get a lot quicker, but he might get a, a little bit better at crossing. But, yeah, I, I'm interested in McClaws, very interested in McClaws. And maybe Open Cup is, a, is the next chance for him to – to show us what he has. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm glad. I'm glad there's two of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's three, because I'm sure his mum is, is, is quite keen. <laughs> uh, I, I would think some of the uh, NY2 guys we have would be in that favor as well. So um, let's kind of turn to... This is like the third week we'll talk about it, but FIFA, because there's more news that happened. Uh, it seems like the Swedish authorities have made arrests of, from their own investigations and started um, uh, seizing data, I think it was, from uh, FIFA headquarters. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this whole mess? I mean, we're going on like three weeks now, and it seems like every week there's something new that just keeps popping up. I mean, I, I don't care who goes to jail. Um, it's it's interesting to hear the details about all the crazy stuff that, that was happening, but I think we got a, a real... Uh, peek behind the curtain when the CONCACAF integrity report came out, what, two, three years ago? Um, so at this point, I'm just interested in what happens to FIFA. Like, what, 
what I think I see happening is a lot of people scrambling to to fill the power vacuum um, and probably not a huge amount changing. Just, you know, the, the decisions that maybe favored certain nations in the past will now favor certain other nations. Um, but so... So that's my concern. My concern is not a huge amount is going to change here. We're just seeing one one group take advantage of the of the troubles of the other. All right, I have a question for you. I'm going to, I'm going to present this to you. Mm-hmm. FIFA uh, does not allow Russia or or Qatar to host new next two World Cups. Okay, they they are out of the equation. Mm-hmm. You are going to pick the next three locations. Obviously, you can't repeat. Uh, a country, and you also can't repeat a, uh, a confederation, so obviously you have to move it around. Your three choices for the next three World Cups. I personally get to pick, without any reference to fairness or transparency or accountability. It's just Abs- up to me. It's all on you. Oh, well, it's, it's pretty straightforward. I think in, in 2018, we'll, um, we'll toss it over to Australia, because they seem to do a reasonably good job with the, with the Asian Cup. Um, in 2022, I would uh, sling it back to somewhere in Africa. Um, let's pick a place. Uh, maybe Nigeria. Um, it's big and should should be able to handle uh, all the traffic. I'm sure they've got plenty of stadiums. Um, and then, of course, in 2026, the crowning moment of my dictatorship of FIFA, we will have a World Cup in Barbados. <laughs> oh, man, you are living the life. You are living it. <laughs> yes, every group stage match will be played in the same stadium. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you're just going to go the CONCACAF U20 qualifying route here? Just like two stadiums and that's it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think what we'll do is we'll we'll get the U.S. to loan us a, an aircraft carrier or something. We'll play a couple of games on that as well. <laughs> now, wait, hold on. I, I don't think one aircraft carrier is wide enough, so we need two, right? Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> the somehow ceremony. you have to you have to fill in the gap somehow. That's the only issue because you know eventually those things are going to separate. We have to Jay, secure Jay, those. Jay, if NYCFC can play on a tiny, teeny, tiny field at Yankee Stadium, we can play on an aircraft carrier. I heard that was an NYCFC's backup plan. Just two aircraft carriers <laughs> in the Hudson. They're going to go right on the Enterprise. <laughs> Now I'm looking at the West because I want to know. <laughs> All right, get these planes and helicopters off this thing, everybody. We got to play a game here. We got kicked <laughs> out of Yankee Stadium. All right, so let me see if I can find. You, you guys keep talking. I'm going to look for something here. I mean, if we're if we're talking seriously about World Cup hosting, I think the obvious thing to do is is have a new bidding process for both tournaments. Well, um, honestly, uh, I'm sure we've mentioned this before, but. I think it's to the point where there's absolutely no way in hell you can have a World Cup in Qatar. They estimated about, what, 4,000 people dying building those stadiums by the time 2022 rolls around? I mean, how is a team, how is you, like, the U.S. team could even consider playing in one of those stadiums? If, if you could step in and say, you know, whatever about local laws, whatever about local practices, these are the standards that we require be, be used for for any construction associated with the World Cup, um, you know, maybe you could be a force for good. They, the, I mean, FIFA has zero problems prior to World Cups going in and demanding changes to laws and restricting commercial practices. I don't know why they get cold feet when it comes down to restricting exploitative labor, labor practices. 
Um, but yeah, I agree. Qatar seems to be um, an absolute disaster, becoming more disastrous. Uh, at least there's time to switch away from that if they um, if they have to. I don't know what they can do about Russia in the time available. They may have to sling it out to the states um, or some other place that is basically just ready to go. Yeah, right. I think with the Russia World Cup, we'll see new stadiums like. Yes, Lithuania now part of Russia voluntarily. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, right. Czechoslovakia new stadium. Uh, there is no more Czechoslovakia. Oh, sure, there's not. Oh, <laughs> right. they voted that boost. We 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 guarded boost with men in black camel. It's okay. <laughs> you, see, you, you joke, but you're you're a couple of bad press conferences away from Putin just kind of turning up uh, in in MetLife Stadium and saying, "Well, this is this is Moscow." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. First off, uh, FIFA Field Dimensions, uh, 110 to 120 yards long, uh, and I'm going to convert these to meters because that's what aircraft carrier dimensions are. So that's 100 to 110 meters long by 70. To 80 meter, uh, 70, 80 yards wide, or 64 to 73 meters wide. So the super carrier, which is a specific class of aircraft carrier, seems to be the class that could actually handle a full-sized field. And there's two, according to Wikipedia. There's the USS Nimitz, which is uh, obviously the U.S. Navy. It's 333 meters long by 77 wide. So I'm sure you can Beauty. find a soccer field in there. Easy. And this this one will be a little tighter. But the uh, HMS Queen Elizabeth is a total of 284 meters long by 73 wide. So to make the field a little smaller, width-wise, but you could probably do it. All right, so it's all settled, yeah? The U.S. and England are both quite pissed off about the fact that they didn't get World Cups. However, to hand the World Cups to U.S. and England after all this brouhaha <laughs> would make it seem very self-interested. So in the interest of global soccer and and... To help the game in the way we know that the dear, kind-hearted, not-at-all-corrupt USSF and English <laughs> FA would like to do, the country, the, na- the proud nations of the United States and Her Majesty's Kingdom of Great Britain uh, will donate aircraft carriers to Barbados for the purposes of a World Cup in 2026. This is wonderful. This is what, what soccer is supposed to do. And wait, and, and top it all off, since right now we are currently in the first World Cup ever with turf, we won't have an issue when turf has to be used on these aircraft carriers. Exactly. The precedent is set. It's not, I mean, the, the Women's World Cup was not at all about being too cheap to make up for, for shoddy infrastructure <laughs> and a terribly run bidding process. It wasn't in any way a slight on women's football, despite the fact that the players actually said they didn't like the surfaces. No, it was, it was FIFA showing that these surfaces are perfectly okay for top-class soccer, and they will be on the aircraft carriers at the 2026 World Cup in Barbados, just as everybody wants them to be. <laughs> hey, by 2026, steel might be an okay playing surface, so we'll be all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to become those uh, Joga Benitos commercials, just the, the, the three-on-three in a steel cage. That's They're what the going to be. They'll glue like six million of those little wire scrubbing pads to the surface of an aircraft <laughs> We want to talk about turf bird. <laughs> like, what's the problem? The, the women did just fine. Why are you complaining? I really want uh, to see a player go to save a ball from going out of bounds and then just sink right into the ocean, just fall right off. But wait, no, the aircraft carriers have those nets on the side in case the plane starts to fall off, so you're good. You have you have That's like true. a few meters of, of net to ca- catch everybody. 
Oh, wait, you get a well-drilled Central American team that's one goal up and really, really needs to wind down the last seven minutes, and that ball is in, in the ocean <laughs> every single time. <laughs> oh, God. If that's the case, every time the ball goes, there's just a scream ball overboard instead of man overboard. <laughs> I, I don't know how they would capture or re- get them all because that'd be kind of difficult. But well, maybe if- volunteer just to just to train a crack squad of of children to swim around the aircraft carriers and retrieve the balls. That will be our contribution. To, well, to actually, wait, hold on. We can get we can get the U.S. Navy divers on it. I mean, oh, granted, it's not, it's not deep sea diving, but they can they can you know float around the the surface of the water. They can do that. Everyone's going to be happy about it. Who doesn't want to just float around the water in Barbados and grab soccer balls? <laughs> Come on, if, if you're if you're the Navy, that's like the, the best tour ever for you. For sure. All right. And thanking Sep for this whole this whole episode because it's going to give us the best World Cup ever. I'm so looking forward to this. <laughs> so looking forward to it. All right. Um. Uh. Fortunately, we have to uh end it there because we're past 20 minutes of this stuff. So. Uh, Austin, uh, thank you for coming on. Where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me at Once a Metro, probably more often than you ought to. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Canetop, and that's about it at the moment. There you go. Nice, nice and simple. What? No Tumblr, Tumblr, Instagram, uh, no Periscope. Periscope is the thing, man. Get on it. <laughs> I don't really, I don't even understand the concept of Periscope. I've, 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 I'm very suspicious of it. You just watch people. It's very creepy. Yeah, that's that's my concern. <laughs> All right. Uh, Austin, once again, thank you for coming on. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll have uh, more Rainbow Rant right after this. Thanks, guys. Welcome back to Red Bull Rant. Uh, once again, I want to thank Austin for coming on the show. Uh, unfortunately, we kind of thought of this after we finished recording. Uh, the perfect name for that Barbados World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Carrier Cup. Yeah. The Carrier yeah. Cup 2026. Yeah. Boats and balls. Boats <laughs> and balls. The only problem is by then, you know, our government will have been toppled by the New World Order. And more, more than likely, the World Cup will end with us invading Barbados. Pat, I'm pretty sure Hulk Hogan will not be able to invade in 2026. <laughs> and Scott Hall will definitely not be making it to 2026. No. Hey, Scott hey, Kevin Nash no. Maybe. Scott Hall's Scott Hall's probably allowed to be luck to lucky to be alive now. Honestly, he really is. <laughs> oh, let me tell you something, brother. Hey, yo, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> now, now is that? That oatmeal's not too hot, is it? Well, he, he's not the bad guy. When he comes down, he helps Sting, his mortal enemy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... He's old. Um, he was confused. All right. But anyway, so speaking of international stuff, there were some games that happened recently. Yeah. Yeah. So we have three games we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first two are for the United States men's team. Uh, two friendlies this uh, past week. Uh, last Friday, June 5th. The U.S. took on the Netherlands and had a dramatic 4-3 victory in Amsterdam. Yeah. And they followed that up with a, a probably a more dramatic victory 
in Germany against the defending World Cup champions. Two to tug, one. Baby. Mm. Uh, I did not get to watch a lot of this stuff because of this little thing called work. So I'm going to be kind of hanging back for these two games. But you guys yeah. take it away. Pat, you want to talk about that first game? That that was the game I really missed, which kind of sucks uh, against the Netherlands. Uh, yeah. But comebacks, hey, man, that, that ain't too yeah. bad. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, how many times the past year? I mean, every writer, I think if you're like me and you, you're like, you know, you have your, your, your soccer Viagra after a game like that, you know, you, you pretty much, you want to read every freaking writer possible. And they all pointed <laughs> that, like that, uh, you know, that was the, the conceding late seemed to finally end. You know, in fact, they're actually starting to score late and, uh, to score three goals like that in the, you know, second half to come back against the number six team in the world is just spectacular. And to see who contributed. I mean, you got Danny Williams scoring his first goal. Giossi Zardes scoring his first goal. Uh, Bobby Wood, you know, the king of the miss up until this week scoring his first goal. And the, you know, the cult of Jordan Morris continues. I mean, we're going to obviously, I'm sure we're going to talk about it more when it comes to Germany. Uh, but you know, he had the assist on Bobby Wood's goal. And then obviously let's not forget that. Michael Bradley's World Cup hanger is finally over. Uh, he looks to be as dominant as any U.S. player we've ever seen in a long time, maybe even more so than Landon Donovan. Now, in fairness, I've only been paying really close attention to U.S. soccer for six years, so I've missed many of the Donovan years. But, I mean, Michael Bradley looks unstoppable. Which is why TSC is going to be just fine this year. But that's another issue. Um so, yeah, I mean, the Netherlands game was uh, – I mean, the fact of the matter is because the U.S. gave it three goals, you definitely didn't see what was going to come with Germany. That's for sure. Yeah, and to put on, I mean, just an absolutely unbelievable performance in Germany. Uh, what, I, what I really liked about this game because you watch so many friendlies, and I don't – you know, I don't take a lot out of a lot of the friendlies because every team uses, uh, you know, a, a dozen subs – you got your third string goalies in half these games. You know, that, you know, people complain about the U.S. giving up late goals and losing, but I mean, you would see who's in the lineup and who cares. But in this game, they did make subs, but for the most part, they played, you know, they played a lot of, I mean, Michael Bradley, they played great players. What they weren't just throwing in the towel and they weren't throwing it in the second half. The, it was such a great display. Uh, Michael Bradley almost scoring a goal where the, the, the German goalie made just an awesome save. That was, I think that was actually my favorite play because it was so nicely put together. Um, and people can say what they want about Germany's B team, blah, 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 blah. There was a lot of World Cup starters on that team. Yeah. You know, this wasn't some chump squad they put out. Yeah. And it's such, it's so nice to see. It's such a fun, it's fun. It's a fun win. And maybe all the poo-pooers with Klinsmann can just shut up for a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it, I wouldn't, I mean, I know a lot of people tried to say Germany played a B team, but it was more like a B plus, A minus team. And, and the, for what it's worth, I mean, John Brooks and Ventura Alvarado, I don't think they're going to be our starting center backs. Maybe Brooks, but I think you're going to see Omar Gonzalez once the matches start matter, uh, mattering coming back in. Um, you, you know, the, the U.S. Uh, mixed is screwed for as good as he was, and that's the only good thing we're going to say about him because we know he's going to be wearing that awful color again soon. Uh, for as good as he was against uh, Germany, he's not going to be a starter for the U.S. national team come Gold Cup time. 
Um, so I, I think there's a lot to take away. The, the real positive is seeing the young contributors, uh, Jordan Morris being the complete surprise considering he hasn't played a moment of professional soccer. I mean, the fact of the matter is he almost had the game winner himself against Germany. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's, you know, look, yeah, they are friendlies in the end. I guess they are meaningless, but at the same time, wins build confidence. And, uh, in terms of, uh, favorite plays over the course of both games, mine has to be Michael Bradley's dribble, uh, on the game winner against the Netherlands where he dribbled through about, you know, 90 yards of the Netherlands. I mean, it's pretty much, I could like just imagine Chris Berman doing the highlights where they're like, what? And you've got another way, what? <laughs> you know, it, cause it was that damn good. My, my final comment on the Germany game, uh, my, my dislike, so to say, <laughs> uh, is after Mick scored the goal, one of the announcers goes, any place for NYCFC? Like that kind of like, have you ever heard a player go? He plays for the Columbus Crew. Was, did 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 XFL era Vince McMahon step I'm, into the booth? I am telling you, that's what happened because I heard it and I just had to roll my eyes. They yeah. emphasize emphasize blue team as much as possible, and I've never heard them emphasize another team like that ever before. Never. So I, I will say this much: Is Kyle Beckerman the second most important player on the U.S. Probably. national team at this point? I mean, I mean his hair's the most important. Well, that's sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's filled it's filled with enough enough hemp to supply uh, Portland, I think, for like you know a year. But uh, I mean, yeah, he's just, he's just a difference maker when he's able to let able to shield that back line and let them Bradley do his business. So, yeah, Kyle Beckerman, who knew? All right, uh, the th- the third game is uh, the opening game of the uh, U.S. Women's uh, trip for. Their first women's World Cup victory since 1999. That's right. You, given even given the U.S. women's success, they still haven't won the World Cup since 1999. Unfortunately, um, they had a 3-1 win over Australia in their very first group stage match. Uh, Hope Solo had a few saves uh, that were very key to the game amid all the controversy surrounding her. Uh, domestic violence stuff, which I don't really want to get into. because No, I don't either. That's, but, that, just, that's I'm just mentioning that it, it has arisen again, given the World Cups, just for context. Um, I don't remember who scored the goals. I'd have to look it up real quick. And uh, Rapino uh, had two. Rapino, yeah. Rapino had two, yeah. And I believe it was Kristen oh. Press had the other one. Yes. Yeah, so but, it's kind of saved by the, uh, the, the older players on the team. Um, Abby Wambach had an assist, um, and it's, it was mostly a top-heavy or an older lineup, I guess is a better way of saying it. That was uh, out there. Um, what did you guys think of that match? Um, that was a very shaky first half. Oh yeah, I mean that was slanted on Australia's side for quite quite a while. I mean, I mean you just hope it's a little rust for the U.S. team, obviously. You know, they did score. Uh, I'll show you then, you know, return the favor. They scored and in the second half, the U.S. took over, but really kind of made, made you a little nervous on those early goings. They, they shouldn't have had that many chances, no. really. And the goal that they gave up was just again, just, I don't know, giving people open space to shoot. And we all hate that. I mean, absolutely, totally despise it. Um, right. but yeah, the second half, it was a complete 180. Uh, they turned it around, and it's always nice to get a uh, a nice opening win. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean that, it's that's absolutely the you know the story of the game. The 
U.S. They were just they were lucky not to be down three nothing. Uh, Hope Solo really stood on her head. Uh, you got to respect her ability. If you don't, maybe you don't respect her as a person. Um, she really uh, you have to say she was the star of the game, despite Megan Rapino having a brace and. Uh, and Megan Rapino, it's weird. I mean, that might be one of the worst two goal performances I've ever seen, you know, by a player because for a long period of that game before she really turned it around, um, she's launching crosses that were going to nowhere. Uh, Abby Wambach is not playing for a club team and it shows. Uh, you almost have to wonder, is Amy Morgan going to supplant, uh, uh, Alex Morgan? I'm sorry. Alex Morgan is going to supplant her at some point once she's up to full fitness, if that happens before the end of this uh, tournament. Um, you know, it's there's definitely things to be worried about. The good thing is that despite what happens against Sweden uh, this uh, tomorrow night, uh, the women should be fine when it comes to playing Nigeria. Uh, I do think that'll be a win, and they will at least advance. Uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, hopefully this team, they get better, and you have to assume they will as uh, time goes on. Yeah, I mean, that's only the logical thing, right? Players finally actually playing – Meaningful minutes just get better from actually playing. Um, yeah, as I, I actually said to uh, the other guys who went to Metro, I actually said um, before the U.S. scored their first goal, I said the United States is going to lose this match because that's how I felt. Like Australia was just like ready to just – if they had gotten that first goal, this would have been a completely different game. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that first goal, even though Australia got it back, I think that first goal just killed a lot of momentum for Australia. And uh, obviously the, the second one kind of iced it. But uh, I don't I don't know if it was like the turf or just like lack of playing time for some of the players, but it was a really sloppy game, and I don't know. I I, I hope to get better. I mean, if, if this if three one over Australia is on a bad day, I mean that's got to be a pretty <laughs> good side, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Um, back to the Red Bulls. Uh, Red Bulls don't have an MLS game until the twentieth. They do have a Open Cup game. Uh, next Tuesday, the 16th. Um, I believe will be broadcast on the Red Bulls website. It's against the Atlanta Silverbacks of the NASL. Uh, they haven't announced the fifth round pairings yet, so we don't know what's going to happen if the Red Bulls happen to take it seriously enough to win this game. Um, but we're going to play a little game for this one. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. That's right. It's the first ever edition. And I wish we could have gotten the better theme song for it, but we couldn't find it. For name that lineup. Oh, right. $1. $1. Jay, $1. <laughs> no, no, no. No, you don't bet. Yeah. $2. <laughs> oh, you're a bum. I'd like to um, buy a vowel. <sighs> you know what? I, I don't know why I try with you guys. You obviously don't listen to me. I'm gonna let this go now, cause. Alright, let's, let's try to play this. Alright. So, New York Rebels, uh, all their reserve players didn't play in the, uh, New York Rebels 2 match in the US Open Cup, so they're available for this one. So. We played that whole thing. We Wonderful. did. Wonderful. I had no idea there was even an end to that song. Just crank it up again. I just figured it went on forever. 
There you oh, go. Hey, here we go. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So the uh, a lot of the Red Bulls uh, reserve players will be available for this match because they did not play for New York Red Bulls two in their open cup match against Seriously Express two rounds ago. So real quick, I got to pull up. You know, for for doing this, I am unprepared. I don't have the roster in front of me. I don't know why. All right, let's uh, do this by position. So we'll start with goalkeeper. I'm going to list off the goalkeepers, and then I want you guys to pick who you think is going to start. Gotcha. All right, so we have, obviously, Luis Robles. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Kyle Reynish. And uh, Santiago Castano. And Reynish and Castano have both appeared for New York Red Bulls 2 this year. All right, so... Pat, you can go f- first. Who's going to start? I think Buna Kandula comes back. <laughs> <laughs> John Conway. Should I even bother reading the lineup if you guys are just going to do this? No, no, no. No, we, we are. I, I'm going to go ahead. I, I think I think Robles is going to start. I okay. am taking this seriously. Uh, I don't think Robles is going to start. Uh, do I actually have to take it seriously? All right, fine. Uh, yes. I, I think uh, probably Kyle Rainish. All right. Uh, I'm going to guess Rainish too. So let's move on to defenders. We have a lot. I'm, I'm going to try to leave off the ones I know won't be available. All right. So we have uh, Chris Duvall, uh, Andrew John Baptiste. I think will be away, so I don't think he'll be around. Uh, Connor Lade. Uh, I don't know about Kamar Lawrence. I'm going to say he's a no. I'm going to say he's a no. I'd say no. But I think he's off the camp for um, Copa America. Uh, Sean McLaws. Matt Miasco oh, no, is not going to be around, so he's not there. Um, Roy Miller won't be around. Carl Met won't be around. Uh, Damian Parnell, Anthony Wallace. Actually, I think that's only four players we're going to have on the <laughs> I think I think we actually need some Pat sarcasm for this we, one. We, we, just named all, we just named them all. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Chris Duvall, Parnell, uh, Anthony Wallace. You said Andrew John Baptiste won't be around? Uh, he was called up for somebody, I think. I can't remember. Really? Who. He got. Uh, he plays for. Oh, he was provisionally selected for Haiti. Oh, uh-huh. so that's the, all right. That's the Gold Cup. I'm sorry. So he should be around. Okay. There you go. All right. So you okay? So we'll have uh, Cristobal, Andrew John Baptiste, who has not played for MLS yet, by the way. Um, Connor Lade, Sean McLaws, uh, Damian Purnell, and Anthony Wallace is is who I think will be around. Wow. Well, I think we just named. Actually, I think Roy, we just actually named. Roy Miller might be around because I don't think they're playing in Copa America, so we'll say he's around too. Well, I like I I I want McLaws to play. We've talked about him with Austin. I I think he's awesome. I definitely want to see him play. Uh, I guess it's a crapshoot after that, right? Connor Lade, you know, Connor Lade will play. Yeah. Center, central defense. I don't know what is going to happen. I I have absolutely no clue what's going to happen in the middle of that defense. I but, does does. Does Paranel play with the game four days later? Uh, a league game? Well, if there's nobody available. I think I that's mean, yeah. I think yikes. that's your one starter that does. Yeah, I think so. And then what? I don't know. I I, I honestly I have no idea. Uh, Connor um, Lee did play center back in college. That I would mean, be a disaster. But I mean, come on. And uh, I mean, and, I know they're playing the silverbacks, but still. So Costa Rica's next match is not till June 27th. So um, Roy Miller should be around. Yeah. So Roy well, Miller I guess he's be back left. in the middle. Oh boy, yeah, Roy Miller might be your left back. Oh yeah, or he might be your center back. No, I think I, he's going to be in the center. 
<laughs> he's gonna be in the center, and you'll probably have late at left. Yeah, you, you can't put five foot seven Connor late in the middle. <laughs> no, you cannot. Anybody? How tall is AJ Garza? He plays center back from time to time. Yeah, but Lee doesn't play center back. So, trust me, you were asking to give up fifty five goals against a minor league team. It's the Open Cup. I don't care. All right, let's, let's move on. Let's move on to midfielders. Since that, yeah, since that, since now we're going to get fun. Now it gets fun. All right, so midfielders we have uh, Sean Davis, Sasha Kleshin, Felipe Martins, Dax McCarty. Marius Obacott, Dane Richards, Lloyd Sam, Manolo Sanchez, Leo Stoltz, and Sal. Oh, right, Sal Zizzo's out. He's still on the stable list. So everybody I just mentioned except for Zizzo. Right, oh, well, actually, uh, te- technically, um, Grella, by the way, is listed as a forward, but he has obviously played midfield. So, right. I am penciling in Dane Richards starting that game one hundred and ten percent. One hundred and ten percent. He's he's starting. I don't, think it's a, I don't think it's a pencil. It's probably more of a pen at this moment. <laughs> I'm putting it in black marker. Uh, Richards, uh, I'm going to say Zizo. No, you I'm sorry, not Zizo. It... I, no, I'm sorry. I meant Leo Stoltz. I okay. meant Stoltz. Yeah. Uh, Stoltz is definitely going to play. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see Dax playing. I, that, I, I, I just can't see it happening. Uh, boy. Ugh. It gets a little dangerous after that. All right, here, here's here's my four: Sean Davis, Obakop, Richards, and Stoltz. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably yeah, Davis because Davis has played uh, some minutes for the MLS side. I think he started against New England actually. Yeah, I just don't want to see Sanchez. He hasn't really proven anything to me yet, so uh, he could be a bench guy. I want to say Felipe out there. I want to see him face more balls into the net. <laughs> so I'm going to write him in because I don't care. I don't care how many more minutes he's played. Screw it. It's my team. All right, Pat, so you good or... I, I agree with you, Jay. I think that's going to be right. your midfield. All right, so forward. Oh, boy. Uh, Anatole Bon, um, technically Mike Rell is a forward. Technically, Dane Richards is listed as a forward also. So, <laughs> um, Bradley Wright Phillips, and if you want to get really creative, uh, I'm going to screw up her first name. Uh, Ireland Maloney. Maloney. Yeah. Ah, uh, you kill, you, you're killing me, man. That was actually going to be one of my picks of forward. <laughs> Have you seen her dribble through defenders? She goes through everybody. <laughs> I've seen the footage. Like I've seen the scouting tapes. I think. I think. So I think if, Bong if, is definitely. You have. Uh, you have four. So wait. So you're gonna have two up top, or you're gonna have a fifth midfielder? No, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna put in two up top. Obviously, okay. it's going to be it's going to be a fifth midfielder, but that's just the way I'm writing it in. Okay, uh, but definitely a bong, bong. and uh, uh, Obacop? Is he? Is, yeah, Obacop's a midfielder. So okay, well, I'm putting him up top. Okay, all right. So there we go. Wow, what a horrific! This is shaping up to be a not good team. Uh, I think a bong this team is bad. I think a bong and uh, the Red Bulls just play with 10 men. <laughs> <laughs> they might actually play better. You never know. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. You know what? Now that I think about it, I'm going to add a fifth midfielder. So I'm going to add in. Oh, God. I guess I'd have to add in Sanchez then, wouldn't I? Because there's no way Felipe, Kleschen, and Dax are playing. Neither no. Is Sam. No, no. Even though I wrote him in, I, I don't care because that's just the way I roll. Um,. Yeah, maybe Sanchez plays, and then you have Dean Moore as a forward. We just wrote in. You or, guys realize, or, or you have Grella. I mean, it's very possible Grella plays in this game too. We're pretty much writing in a uh, New York Red Bull two team. I mean, 
almost line for line, minus maybe two or three guys. Can, can they re-sign Wooly? Let him uh, get one sure. last hurrah? Why not? The Wooly... The, there is one roster spot available. <laughs> the the Wooly testimony match at the Open Cup? <sighs> this is... Oh, boy. This is scary. This is a scary lineup. I, I hope... I. I hope nobody out there is actually expecting to win. <laughs> guess what? It's the right lineup. No, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, everyone's going to freak out because we didn't take it seriously, but the three of us just sat oh here. I mean, we just sat here and we wrote in players, and, and we were trying to be serious about it. Yeah. And with a league game four days later, and with these guys desperately needing a really more mental break than yeah. a physical break. I mean, if you, if you think about it, what we did was – what we did was reserves for the forwards and midfielders, and then defenders were pretty much anybody we could throw at the wall because that's all we had. Right, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's thin. Oh, my God! Yeah. Bong. All right. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think yeah, you said it. I mean, with that game so soon against a strong team coming into your home, you want a full-strength starting squad ready to face them. And uh, until the Open Cup is watched by more eyes, it simply is just not that important. And Sorry. Just right. And just talks. so, just so the fans know, this is this is taking the cup serious. Okay, mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't quitting on the cup. All right, everyone has to understand that this is taking serious. I I tried to fill out the most serious lineup I possibly can with the guys available, yeah. as we all did. Okay, this isn't a joke. Everyone's gonna bitch and lose if they win if they lose. But you know what? This is the best you got, everybody. This is it. And until they make, you know, like we said, Zizo's out. You know they're still very thin in certain positions. And we're gonna we're gonna have defenders on international duty and injury. We have Zizzo out on injury. You're not playing Question McCarty and Felipe because of the game on Saturday. You're, you're, not, you're not playing BWP. Playing the same reason. You're probably not playing Sam for the same reason because he runs all over the goddamn field. Right. You need to give him a break. Can we? We can. So, I, I mean, mean, we can obviously see a few of these guys on the bench for sure. Yeah, I can see BWP. I can see Lloyd Sam. I think you'll so. see some of these guys get maybe fifteen minutes, but yeah, it's they're not going to start. And and I, and I think like you uh, you saying like this is taking it seriously. That's what we see. I mean, we know there's those out there who are like like no, you got to play the starters the open cup. You got you got to play the starters. I don't care because you game. They're athletes. They should be ready to play two games in like three days. Like yeah. you, you got to play the starters. It's like no, the swoon. If maybe if they had won all these games leading up into the Open Cup, maybe you consider playing the starters. But no, they desperately need a league win. Right, league, league win brings more eyes to the team. It brings more money to the team. Yeah, I hate to be that you know cynical about it, but unfortunately, that's just how it works. I mean, rounds later, yeah, then you want to take it a little bit more serious. But mm-hmm. if anyone, and I know you all have have watched cup games in any other country, you know, when your big Liverpools, Arsenals, blah, 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 are paying, you know, Plymouth, look yeah. at the guys they run out on that field because it's not your Wayne Rooney's and it's not these, you know, large-name players. Mm-hmm. It's just not. That's the, way, that's the way it goes. And sometimes, yeah, you lose these games. And it, it's happened to the Red Bulls probably more than anybody else. Dems the breaks. Sorry. I mean uh- – Last thought on this, then we got to move on. You want to talk about take, wanting to quote take it seriously and then not look at last year at the Cosmos because they could have they could have played more starters in that game because they had a week off afterwards. Mm-hmm. They don't have a week off this this year, right? They have to manage the roster, and unfortunately, it's an issue with MLS this year. 
and their goddamn scheduling and the Red Bulls playing in ICC. There's no room to move shit around. So we're, and this is the start of a four game in, let's see, it's four in like 12 days, 13 days. They're literally, they have four games in 13 days. They're not going to be able to play everybody all the time. We're going to see probably against RSL is another New England match where we send out mostly reserves. So don't be surprised if it happens in the US Open Cup either. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on though to our, our, one of our good features, Truman's terrible team of the week. Well, since they played, uh, I mean, who else is going to be but the Red Bulls? Who else? <laughs> Sorry, Red Bulls. Sorry, Red Bulls. Yeah. You deserve it, guys. You deserve being the terrible team. Uh, you are clearly the worst-looking team uh, this week and the game before. So th- there's just no escaping it. Sorry. It was it was going to happen one of these days. Uh, it would have been happened when you lost against Philly, but I wasn't around. So you actually spared yourself a game, but there's no sparing that embarrassing 4-2 loss in Houston. It's the way it is. All right, and the last thing we have on the agenda tonight and is in our uh, walk-up to episode number 150 is this moment from 2000 and May of 2013, episode number 58, when we interviewed Taylor Twelman. Um, so I'm going to start off the questions, and this is going to be really hard-hitting, and we don't like to pull punches around here, so we tried Alexei Lawless. We, we questioned Jimmy Conrad, but now that we have you on the show, we have to know what happened to your vast kick medic fortune? Uh, it went to a helmet, so when I ride my bicycle, I don't get my eighth concussion. No, in all seriousness, it was, <laughs> there, there was real, there was a, I'm not gonna lie to you actually, there was a part of me that thought it was hysterical myself, but I thought I had to take it serious enough in order for it to be a good enough joke. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I kinda didn't take it serious, then it, Kick medic would have been like, eh, you know, Taylor's not fully in it. But I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to sell something that's in a rope that you stake it into the ground and you're going to kick it and it's going to come back to you. Yeah, that makes sense. And so I went all in. Would, would you say it's better than Soccer Wave? Ooh, that's, I mean, yes, probably because our commercial's better. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I mean, listen, the Kick Medic will forever go, it'll be infamous. I mean, think about it. I mean, there's a ball in the net and you had. <laughs> There's enough blonde jokes with me and Leslie Osborne for you know promoting the product. So I mean, I mean, let's, I don't know. I think it speaks for itself. Well, in, in the battle of ESPN uh, talking heads and what you you both have uh, advertised, do you think the Kick Medic or El Himador tequila gives you a better bang for your buck? <laughs> do I even need to have to answer? Do I have to answer that? I don't tequila know. Tequila or tequila or ball in the net? I'd probably go tequila. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that was a great moment for Twelman. That's oh, yeah. one. Of, that's probably the one of the top moments ever. Was that, oh, yeah. by the way, that was like right. Like that was like a week or two after he made the comments about uh, Tim Cahill being a goal scorer. Yeah, yeah. Went on, like a, his streak. Yep. So we got to ask him about that too. And but if that, you're, if, but, if, but this one was a better moment. Yeah, if you're a new listener to the show, I highly recommend going back and listen to that one because that was that was definitely fun. Oh yeah, that one. Uh, shit. I guess I'll, I'll I'll put a I will put a note to that episode in uh, the once a metro post because 
that episode is currently being hosted on Blogger, I think it is, and I'm not moving that over to SoundCloud. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll put it, I'll put a note in the show notes on what's Metro, and actually, well, that's it because the, the old feed's dead, so that's it. Um, dead. Let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Uh, you can visit us at whatsmetro.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. Uh, help us support the show by going to patreon.com slash red bull rant and throwing us a few dollars. Uh, you can email us during the week at redbullrant at gmail.com. You can call us at 973-348-5329. On Facebook, facebook.com slash redbullrant. On Twitter, at redbullrant for the show. At once underscore a underscore metro. At Dr. Stooge for myself. At pmacd82 for Pat. At the Truman for Truman. Subscribe to us via iTunes or Stitcher Radio or at soundcloud.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. Any last words before we get out of here? Well, I guess since we're playing the Silverbacks, all I can say is get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape, and win. Uh, Beat Sweden tomorrow, U.S. Women's National Team, Open Cup, yeah, whatever. I, I think there's a U.S. Women's World Cup game on that on Tuesday. I think so. Of course, it's like perfect timing. All right. All right, but so for Pat Truman and myself, this was episode number 146 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in, and as always, go Red Bulls. Peace out, Daddy. Late.